Hello, welcome to SwissUp, a podcast about Swiss entrepreneurship, sharing ideas, projects, and stories from founders and people making Switzerland the most innovative country in the world. This podcast is about Visium, a startup that is democratizing the access to AI. I went to meet Alan, who is the CEO of Visium, in their offices in the Innovation Park at the EPFL in Lausanne. Visium is less than one year old, but they already employ more than 12 people. In this podcast, you will hear about AI, the future of AI, Visium and what they do, and what it's like to build a startup in Switzerland. I hope you enjoy our discussion and please feel free to share SwissUp with your colleagues, your friends and people around you. It would be great to know a bit more about Uh, your background and how you decided to get into AI and um, how and why you created uh, Visium? Of course. So I have a business background. I did my studies uh, in Geneva, then, uh, then I did one year in computer science at APFL and then I finished with a master in entrepreneurship and innovation at Imperial College London. In the meantime, I have a very entrepreneurial profile. I launched four other companies in the past. Some worked uh, better than others, others failed completely. And then after, after Imperial, I decided to launch uh, Visium. I realized uh, there, there was a, a huge need in the market for data scientists and, um, and AI solutions. So that's why we started. And also I've been uh, really looking closely at this field for the past five years. And um, it's really sort of a passion that I had seeing it developing. It was always a dream sort of to, to get into this field, but I didn't think it would be possible for me not having a a technical background. That was even the reason I, I started uh, to study computer science at, at APFL. But after one year I stopped because I didn't want to stay five years in academia. And so it sort of felt like if the dream will not eventually come true. And then magically, uh, as it so happens when you have a goal, when you have a dream, it runs in your subconscious mind in the background and some just the condition come and, and so we started. I started with uh, Timon Zimmerman, my co-founder and dear friends with whom I was uh, launching, uh, I had in previously a social and, uh, entrepreneurial venture. We were trying to help charities fundraise for their causes uh, with the help of uh, digital influencers, celebrities, actors, singers. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that didn't work uh, well enough to be sustainable and we could not keep doing it after graduating from our masters. And, um, and, and, why, and, and that's why we, we saw the big need in AI and, and we launched uh, Visium together. And your co-founder is uh, the CTO then? Yes, exactly. So he's uh, my dear friend and CTO and he just graduated from his master in, uh, in data science here at EPFL. Okay, great. So you started the, the, two, the two of you then and how long did it take to uh, rec recruit more, more people? 
So yeah, we started uh, roughly a year ago, uh, mm. or actually we had the idea a year ago, and uh, we were working or, or already on another like uh, use case of AI in in um, in the fashion industry. It was about uh, creating uh, photorealistic, um, generating photorealistic images of of people with uh, different clothes. So the use case was basically when you go shop on Zalando, if you upload a picture of yourself, you could change your clothes and you will be the model of yes. what you're buying. Or if you pass in front of a bus stop, maybe you are in a suit and a tie, and then like there is an intelligent mirror that can change your clothes or change your shoes and put you on like Jordans. So we were looking on that and, and, and the more we're like, as the time was passing, we realized that there was a huge need in the market as our friends were being recruited for very large salaries. Team Onozo was, was receiving uh, uh, offers for, for jobs with very big responsibilities. And so we understood, okay, the market really need data scientists, but actually there are brilliant talents at EPFL and ATH mm-hmm. who are like, we're not like in Silicon Valley that as soon as they finish studies, they are recruited by the big tech. Actually, we, we are very, like our network is very tied to these two polytechnical schools and, and we actually know a lot of people who could be working with us and helping these companies. And so as we studied more the market, we realized how we could fit into the whole scheme of things and, uh, yes. and, and create value. So, yes, so just to uh, say, so you are less than one year old and you are already 12, 12 people. So yeah, that's quite, uh, that's quite impressive. So just, uh, you know, to start with and to for the audience to better understand uh, what you guys do. Uh, do you think you could explain uh, AI and machine learning in a simple manner and maybe tell us the differences between uh, them? Of course. So AI systems are systems that demonstrate at least uh, one of the following behavior um, associated with human intelligence, whether it's planning, learning, reasoning, problem solving, knowledge representation, or perception, motion, and so forth. And the main difference between AI and machine learning is that machine learning are are models that are not explicitly taught the rules. For example, an AI system can be have can be taught explicitly the rules how to how to actually display this intelligence. Why machine learning is actually learning from data, like can be learning by example. For example, we can show to to machine learning algorithms. Um, let's say pictures of or, or, or scans of defective and non-defective pieces of a manufacturing production line and after having showed him let's say a couple of hundred even or a couple of thousands example the machine learning model will be able to correctly classify these in whether they are defective or not with extremely high accuracies. Another example could be learning uh, by playing games as we have seen uh, recent development with DeepMind uh, the the Google uh, AI research branch could be by playing Atari games and having a score and basically the models are just uh, have the goal of optimizing the score and so they see if they are doing well or not based on their score or if they like lose a life depending on, on what's the game they're being taught of and by doing by practicing a lot and being trained they can get they, in, depending on the use case, they can reach superhuman level of abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you are focusing on uh, both or artificial intelligence? No, we're. I mean, machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. Yes. Therefore, it is also artificial intelligence. 
But so we are focusing on machine learning okay. and deep learning, which is a subset of machine learning. Okay, great. So, yeah. Okay, so we will come back to, to that uh, a bit uh, later. Uh, so now, you know, it would be great to know why did you decide to uh, set it down here. So you mentioned that you were very close to uh, the APFL and uh, also uh, ETH, but it would be great to know why you chose uh, Switzerland. So yourself, you are from Ticino, so that, yeah. that may be the main reason, but mm -hmm. maybe, uh, you know, it would be great to have a, an understanding of, you know, how it is to create a startup in Switzerland. Of uh, course. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, so I had the chance uh, while we were, de we were developing the other company to, to travel two months in Silicon Valley. And, 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 and there is a good reason why they call it like Disneyland for entrepreneurs because it's, it's completely like out of this world the way that things are, 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 are working there. It's, it's a very fascinating place to be and it's definitely exciting to be there building startups. But I didn't want to be to, to, to settle there because I would be leaving back all my family and, and it was not in my plans to really, you know, be so far from my family and, and almost not being able to communicate as, as the time shift, mm -hmm. the time zone is, is so different. So I, I knew I wanted to stay in Europe and I think Europe has, is, is like uh, the entrepreneurial scene can, can really, has a lot of potential. There are great talents and, um, and, and things are developing in the right direction for, for it to, to be more and more uh, interesting for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So. While I was in London, I mean, I would say it happened more or less by chance. It's because with Timon, it happened to have this opportunity. We, we tested it out. Among the, the companies that I launched, this is only a fraction of all the projects and ideas that I was actually studying and tried to make work. So the fact that we launched Visium is because we saw that there was a, a great response from the market and that we were able to, to do things in a way that the business could grow. And that's why we actually incorporated with a with an SI and, and, and now we're growing. So why Switzerland rather than London or other European capitals? I mean, it's just it's just like it just so happened to be this way by by you know how things unfolded. And yes. our goal would be to actually soon expand into other countries. Now we'll first focus on Switzerland and then we'll go okay. we'll go abroad. And uh, what about uh, artificial intelligence in uh, Switzerland? Do you see Many players in this field, or how do you, um, you know, position uh, yourself? Of course, I think that um, there are more and more companies that are launching and offering um, uh, similar services as we are doing. The market is growing uh, extremely fast, and the opportunities are like really not infinite, but almost like there are opportunities in every industry. There are opportunities with, with most large organizations. Um, I see really executives of, of even very, very big companies that have a, a, not such a complete understanding of, of what's AI and what are the implications for their businesses. And, um, and so I think that there is enough for all of these players in the market. I'm not really focused on competitors, actually. I'm more focused on, on, on ourselves being better every day and every time asking ourselves, what could have we done better? Yes. And um, yes. and yeah. So I mean, even in Europe, um, I think that overall in Europe we are quite behind in AI, as opposed to, for example, the US and China. Uh, the US are mostly focused on on cutting edge research and pushing research further, and China are more focused on actually applying it into business cases, and they are 
they're growing extremely fast into adoption. And so I think they are like the, the, the two world superpowers in AI. It's them. Yes. While in Europe, we see organizations that are much farther behind with this. So I think that starting Visium in the US, it would have not made a, such a great case as, as it is for us now in Switzerland. I think that it would be maybe too late for us to be doing this if okay. we started in Silicon Valley, for example. Yes, you can always expand to these uh, countries uh, Yes, later. but I think there are really lots of players there. And mm -hmm. for us, it makes sense to, for, for at least the, the medium and long term to stay in Europe. Okay, okay. The market is huge. Yes, okay. So, so we will, yeah, okay. Great. And so in terms now of, uh, you know, what you guys do, Visium, so it would be great to know a bit more about the services and the, the, the kind of work that you do. So of maybe, uh, you know, we start, uh, you know, you start just explaining what you do. Of course. And then uh, if you have an example of a recent project that you can talk about, um, it would be very interesting. <laughs> yes, of course. So um, what we do is we try to uh, help, we actually help companies identify their highest value opportunities in machine learning. So we try to understand the company business uh, processes and uh, strategic implication and business model and, and everything, how they're operating. And then we, we help them identify all their opportunities. And then we try to, to assess which, are, which one are the low-hanging fruits, the ones that require the least investment and they can have the biggest positive impact. And then we help them develop these and deploy these within their organization. So these are two main points. And also we offer like corporate workshop, whether it's for technical or business executives to show them where the field is leading, what are the implications for their industry, or also maybe to form sort of uh, senior management uh, to actually being able to manage these resources internally. Okay, great. So, and in terms of, uh, you know, a recent <laughs> project that you've done? Yeah, so, um, the all projects are really diverse. Maybe I will go quickly over three or four of them mm -hmm. uh, that I am allowed to talk about. Uh, one of them, uh, which actually our client just told us that they won uh, a competition, uh, a CERN uh, competition, and it's really great and we're really happy for them. So they're really going next level. Basically, we developed a proof of concept that was a sound monitoring system that would be deployed in cities to actually be able to detect security-related event in real time and locate them and communicate them to the police. So the goal here is that we have some embedded devices. So we, we, we did the, the project uh, A to Z, including hardware research, then communication protocol and all of this. Mm -hmm. Basically, we put some Raspberry Pis together with some antennas and microphones. And there is a 3D printed uh, box which contains these together. and embedded into the Raspberry Pi, we have a machine learning model, which was actually trained to recognize events such as car accidents, structural failure of buildings, gunshots, explosions, crowd screaming, and uh, they also also like for fire, but it's more experimental. We don't know if it's how, how is that going to work. And? And so, so yeah, so it's working great. We did, uh, we now it's being deployed in different cities. That's so cool. more for, for the confidential part, which we cannot really talk about where exactly. But, uh, but yeah, it's very promising. So now the next step will be because we used like exist, existing hardware to build this together. We used, for example, the, the same uh, microphones that are in Amazon Alexa. We used uh, the Raspberry Pis. And so now if our client is going to try to mass produce it and deploy it uh, at scale, it will probably build its own hardware. 
but um, but yeah so the goal is that basically because the there is a, there are eight microphones in this device it can see the direction of the sound and so once it detects a sound let's say a car accident it will also see in which direction it's happening and it will communicate to a central server the direction of the sound and the label of the sound and then the central server having different uh, like mm -hmm. alerts, he will be able to triangulate it and give this location to the police immediately. Interesting. Yeah, that's very useful. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. Yes. For then, otherwise, we have one in uh, like on a production line in manufacturing, which is about uh, detecting, uh, actually classifying whether the production, the material produced, is defective or not. And in this case, we were able to reach really high accuracies, uh, much better than an experienced operator could do. And also it automated fully this task, therefore removing... Uh, so it will be at the end of the assembly line, for instance? So, so it will be on the production line. Okay, yeah. Before shipping the, 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 the material to the client, Yes. the company can see which one are defective or not automatically. And it's based on computer vision. So cool. Okay, it sounds very impressive. So it's very cool. And, and it also sounds that you are you know, in multiple industries. Mm -hmm. targeting multiple sizes of yeah. businesses so it's also um, it's, it's cool so you yeah yeah there are many other completely different projects that we have been doing mm -hmm. going quickly over them for example we have fraud detection mm -hmm. trying to to identify transactions that look different than others that could be a fraud so that for example the head of audit can see it instead of because we're talking about multinational companies that have dozens and dozens of millions of transactions being recorded mm -hmm. in a year and the goal would be for them to immediately identify which ones could be fraudulent so that they can verify if there is a fraud or not okay which otherwise they cannot do like a human could not be going through all these transactions we have um, charm rate prediction which is about seeing a, a company might want to see if it increases the price how many clients is it is is, is the gonna company going to lose yeah. and based on this they can optimize actually the revenue by choosing the right price, yeah. Exactly. Interesting, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, if we if we talk a, a bit more about um, machine learning today and uh, and how, you know, the industry is um, advancing and how the field of uh, machine learning is advancing, how do you, what's your vision on that? Yeah, of course. So, I'm really impressed by the progress that uh, we're seeing in our field and for me it's very exciting to see every year how many more opportunities there are for us to, to, to bring this uh, scientific advancement, academic advancement into the industry. And uh, I mean, for example, Boston Dynamics, I don't know if you ever heard about them, they're building these robots that can navigate the landscape, like they can move around in a, in a very like natural fashion they have like a, a mini robot that's like a dog called mm -hmm. spot or they have a one that is like a big like human which is called atlas and if you see them running is is just completely like staggering to see how how they can do this they can do like you can see this robot of maybe a ton that can do like a backflip nonchalantly yeah, yeah. or or yeah if you see the dog how it can move around or dance uh, you should take a look on youtube it's, it's very impressive or for example, thanks to the advancement in uh, computational uh, power capabilities that there are, Google Translate has been able to improve the last year more than the past 10 years combined. Or if you look at the Google AI Assistant, which they just did a release a couple of months ago, it's 
unbelievable how naturally they can speak. Uh, it cannot, it, it can completely pass as a human. People, mm -hmm. I, I would say that 90% of people or more will not realize that it's uh, actually AI speaking with them rather than a yeah, human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of this advancement, and we see also, I mean, in, in academic research, it's so many Italians are pouring into it and they are advancing the field. Mm -hmm. And our goal is actually making sure that all of this uh, research paper and scientific literature of and latest advancement are actually find, find their uses in the industry. Mm -hmm. and that's what we're doing, applied machine learning. Okay. So, I see. So, cool. Great. And in terms of... Uh, you know, the, your inspiration in, uh, you know, your, mo your inspiration in AI? Yeah, so for me, a figure that has been inspiring uh, since, uh, I, I don't know, seven, eight years, uh, it's is Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. And I've been really impressed by seeing how there is this great entrepreneur who's solving some of the, or society biggest challenges, such as climate change, yeah. trying to, to completely like accelerate or shift towards, uh, you know, a society based on renewable energies or space exploration and, and doing things that he finds that are really important for humanity. Sure. And not really, and, and I really appreciate this, as opposed to Apple, for example, that are, you know, releasing a new model of iPhone every year, trying to maximize profits. I don't find the same level of passion and purpose into, into a fully for-profit company as into companies that are developing cool things that can advance our society, that can deliver real value, mm -hmm. and that can have a positive impact. And so I've been also very impressed by him because I see that he's, he's been pushing the boundaries of, of what's possible and on the level of the challenges, engineering challenges that we can tackle. Yeah. And so following him has given me a lot of energy to, to push also to, as far as I can. And, uh, and um, yeah. And... Um... Do you have uh, a crazy dream regarding uh, AI and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's uh, really going to be related to what we're doing, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I'm an optimist at, at heart. Okay. And my, my crazy dream actually would be of, of living uh, first person and artificial super intelligence that it's ethical and that it's going to help us propel us into the future beyond anything imaginable by, by our society currently. But the fact is that, I mean, we have an exponential progress and things are accelerating all the time. And for us human, it's very hard to think exponentially. If you think like 30 exponential steps, if you go like 2, 4, 8, 16, it gets to 1 billion while 30 linear steps are just 30 meters. And so for us, it's very hard to see how far we can go in the future by keep like living all this exponential progress that there is in all information system based uh, technologies because the computational power, according to Moore's law, it's doubling every, every year or so uh, for the same price what we, can, what we can buy. And so, you know, AI experts are not really um, agreeing on, on where we're going to reach artificial superintelligence, but by all this advancement, I think that we could possibly solve uh, cellular aging uh, in our lifetime, which would mm -hmm. enable us sort of to be immortal. And then if we get to the, to the artificial superintelligence that's ethical and, and that everything works out fine for us, you know, we could even see colonizing our galaxy in a century or, or maybe going even beyond that. And I would love to live that. 
so cool. I'm, yeah. I'm very Me passionate too. about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very passionate about space exploration, and I would love eventually to to go into that field. Yes. Okay. So that's uh, that's good to know. That's great. And um, so if we come back a bit to uh, Visium and uh, so the the present. Mm -hmm. So what are you you know if if we look at this uh, this year the, oh, and next year so in the next two years what's you know what are you focusing fo focusing on and uh, do you see that you're gonna maybe uh, expand in other countries or you know what are your, your goals uh, in the next year to come of course so our vision as is to develop products and to not always stay consulting based so we want to develop a a platform of AI as a service products and uh, to realize our vision we started working with with corporate uh, clients that we develop like fully customized solutions and so now where we are now we're starting uh, uh, much bigger contracts that we've been doing uh, earlier which enables us to grow faster and to to start investing into our own products and so for now as we are fully self-funded and uh, we're living on our clients revenue for us, the goal would be to, to actually get in a, in a less risky situation because, of course, we don't have six or 12 months ahead of salaries in our bank account. So for me, the goal is really to, to sort of consolidate the situation, get longer projects and, uh, and be able to optimize still our internal uh, processes and, uh, and, and resource planning. And after that, it will be to, to build our own products and start selling them industry-wide, which, which there is a much bigger potential for us in terms of revenue and also scaling a consulting business if we would stay just consulting it would be very hard to to reach a big scale i think for the short term it's a great way to do it to scale we would, if we did like a, a use case and we verticalized in a business case we would never be able to to have already 12 employees yes and so i think in the short term consulting will enable us to grow faster have a bigger team and um, and be able to invest into our own products and then when we start selling products like industry-wide and we nail the right use case uh, with big potential and, and everything, then we can go to the next step. So for now, we are trying to consolidate our position in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. We are going to be opening offices uh, mid of uh, next year in Zurich. And hopefully by the end of next year or beginning of uh, 2020, we'll be opening offices in other European capitals such as London, maybe Paris or, or other Sounds countries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you don't plan to you, you plan to stay on this uh, re revenue-based model. You don't plan to uh, go into you know uh, venture capital or like get uh, funding from other sources. No, we we're actually gonna eventually fundraise. Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be mid to end next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, and of course we just need to really prove our model. Maybe have already a good product uh, that 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 we're selling, because it's very like unconventional like wisdom from the side of like startups or entrepreneurs to do a consulting business uh, investors usually hate it and also startups like because it's very hard to scale in their yes. perspective i think that things are different in our case but time will tell okay so we will see then yeah. <laughs> and so in terms of the you know any imminent challenge that you you are facing or like if you you know, maybe what is your fear, basically, you know, what mm -hmm. keeps you up um, at night? You know? Well, what stresses me out lately is always having to 
manage your resources effectively because having so many full-time employees like we have to pay them even if they're not working on a client project and on the other side when we are working with with uh, with big multinational clients for them the project they, they might say it's gonna start for sure like in three weeks or next month and then it might start three or four months later and so we have this uncertainty on the client side on wh when the, the projects are starting and we have our challenges internally to manage our resources or in our hiring plan so that we don't have too many engineers and we don't have too few engineers because now we're just shifting from being overstaffed to being understaffed and this is really what what can happen like in one like in, in one month, like five big projects can start and then we don't have enough engineers and mm -hmm. how we're going to manage that. And so this is one of the challenges for us at the moment. And I think it's going to be solved soon. I mean, most of our clients, we are talking about first or second project with them. And all of these clients are, are really excited and, and they're willing to double down their investment with bigger, bigger projects. So I think that... As we go into 2019, this is going to be less and less of a problem for us. And so it's a bit uh, unfortunate that I have to focus so much into day-to-day -day, um, problem solving. I wish I could be looking more into medium to long term, where, where there are like the strategic decisions. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I'm not very much involved, for example, into choosing which internal products we prioritize and, and all of this, which I would love to do. Yes. And yeah. I mean, yes, that's the... You know, you're quite a young startup as well that is, you know, apparently quite very successful. So it's it's difficult to manage, uh, to keep a balance. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so if we talk a bit more about uh, hiring and the people on your team, on your current team. Um, so what are you looking for in terms of, you know, the candidates that you are uh, recruiting? Yes. So we're looking for, first of all, like, Passionate engineers. We're looking with. Uh, we're looking to find people that are really interested into self-development and they are excited about the future and they are willing to over-deliver and they're really, you know, investing into, you know, being better every day. Mm -hmm. So we try to have this sort of culture of of excellence and we think there is where we'll win. And 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 yeah, if we. As I was telling you earlier into the podcast, we're not really focusing on competitors because our main competitors, it's ourselves. We need to be better than ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. And that's how we'll win in the long term. And so we're looking really for people that, that uh, you know, we, we, want, we want to have, first of all, like a great experience working. We don't want to have, like, you know, we want to really have a good time by doing yes. what we're doing. We want to choose the right projects. We don't want to do projects that are just for the sake of making money, mm -hmm. algorithmic trading, uh, optimizations. We're more looking for projects maybe in healthcare, maybe in um, MRI scans, like where we can find correlation that are interesting, you know, that are mm -hmm. from a standpoint on society, rather than just helping an edge fund to, to find a better investment strategy based on AI. So, so yes, yes. That's so awesome. yeah, we, we look for people that demonstrated extraordinary passion and achievement and that... Uh, have been pushing themselves out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. and that, that's a really important thing, I think. Because uh, I feel that, that the best of life was was placed outside the comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> you need to have that initial energy to put to, to push yourself out and mm. to start being comfortable. Out. Like being comfortable, un, uh, in, uncomfortable. Yes. You know? Yeah, I see what you I don't know if you get yeah. it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, you know, if you, so, you know, you, you are like, uh, you are now managing 12, 12 people. You have uh, created um, a number of startups, as you said before. Um, so it would be great maybe, you know, to know about, you know, if you have any advice, so to share to people. So of go course. out of your comfort zone. But also, you know, you, you are quite young. You, you know, you seem on a very um, steep learning curve as well. And seem, you know, you going from successes to successes. So if you have any, you know, or like su failure successes, but, uh, yeah. you know, at least you keep on uh, going. So that's yeah. the most important part. But yeah, it would be great if you could share maybe, you know, advice for people, you know, who may want to, you know, take, you know, their chance as well. Yes. So it's it's funny when uh, when people think that uh, we're just doing successes on successes because that's definitely not the case, especially yeah. for me. I, I've, I've done so many failures. And if today I'm able to execute well with Visium is also based on, on so many like ridiculous mistakes that I've made in the past with my other companies that, that enable me to learn. And I really don't see failure negatively. I see it positively. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity and it's worth much more than the cost of the mistake. Mm -hmm. Having that into the baggage of knowledge is very important. And I think that in Switzerland particularly, we see failure as something bad. And, and that's a wrong approach because if we fear failure, we're not going to try whatever it is in life. Rather, failure does not exist. Failure is actually not having tried at all or giving up. Those are the only failure that you can have. And so if you want to live life to the fullest, you need to push yourself, do things that might fail. Mm -hmm. Because if you do things that you're only sure that will work out, you're missing out on great opportunities. And, and then failure is just a learning experience. I've, had, I've made some really painful mistakes and um, and they costed me a lot over the years in time and money but none of them I would delete them from my life mm -hmm. because they made me the person I am today and I think I'm gonna make many more mistakes and I'm gonna keep growing and my first advice is that as, as a like young uh, freshly graduated or even student still there is nothing to lose like you can do a business without taking too, ma too much risks I mean we started vision with nothing and we made it in a way that at the beginning we didn't have risk. We didn't hire. We didn't need to hire full-time engineers from day one. Mm -hmm. We were just. We had some sort of a freelance model where we formed a team and they were paid if we had projects or not. And then we started selling. And then we got the projects. And then like this, we could generate some revenue. And then then there was different steps that made us that today we have full-time engineers. But basically, unless you have kids and you have big responsibility at home. There's nothing to lose, only to win. And the experience is going to enable young aspiring entrepreneurs to learn so much that it will be much more valuable even on the mm -hmm. job market for, for a company to, to demonstrate that they had proactive uh, and, and capability and they Initiative. launched it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Also for us at Vision, we really look for proactive people because, mm -hmm. you know, people need to think by themselves, like, what's the next smart thing I can do for the interest of the company or yeah so I think we're gonna finish on that follow <laughs> your dreams and uh, take risks exactly yeah so thank you very much uh, it was great talking to you thank you Crystal <laughs> lovely to being on the podcast with you so that's it for Visium and Alan so if you want to know more about 
the startups and if you want to work with them, I invite you to reach out to them directly or I will be happy to put you in touch with them. Otherwise, if you would like to know more about other startups in Switzerland or other Swiss entrepreneurs based around the world, I invite you to visit swissup.co and listen to other podcasts. We are also on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean and other channels as well. If you would like to be part of the podcast, you can also reach out to us directly and I really invite you to share this podcast with people around you. Thank you. Thank you.